Blog Talk Radio. Hello everybody, my name is Boss Rutten. Hi, this is Diego Lima. This is Rodrigo Comprido and you listen. And you guys are listening. So you are listening to the Verbal Submission. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Verbal Submission. I am your host, Brian Heminger, and we have a fantastic show for you guys today. It is Sunday, April 19th, 2015, and our show is presented by Countermove, the best fantasy MMA site out there. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, we'll be joined in about 30 minutes by UFC 186 main card fighter John McDessie, returning from over a year layoff to take on Shane Campbell in what should be a really exciting striking bout. And then to close out the show, we've got something, a special treat. We're going to be bringing in Livia Hinata Souza, uh, known as Lavinia. Uh, she is uh, undefeated Brazilian uh, strawweight, and she is going to be competing this Friday night for the women's strawweight title at Invicta FC 12 against Katya Konkinpah. So that's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, this is one of her first interviews she's ever done with uh, on the American side of things. So we're going to be learning a lot about her. You're going to be seeing her compete this Friday night for the title. So this should be a lot of fun as well. So very, very excited about all this. So now that we got that out of the way, let's bring in my trusty co-host for the evening, Richard Highlight Perry. Richard, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we didn't have to stay up to four in the morning to watch all the fights yesterday. Nice <laughs> that they have one now on for the East Coast people. Yeah, man. Starting at eight p.m. on the main card, the whole thing's over before ten. That was great. I was, you know, I was over watching the fights with my brother, and I was back in my house. In bed by 11 p.m. That is never happens. And we're both officially old now that we're talking about that. By the way. <laughs> hey, I turned 30 this August, man. That is old. Ancient. All right. Um, anyway, let's talk some UFC on Fox 15. There was a lot of really interesting stuff that went on with that card. There were a lot of really good fights. There were a couple bad ones. But we also saw a lot of star-making performances as well. So you look at that entire card, top to bottom, what's your number one standout point, that uh, the thing that just basically just stuck, stuck out the most for you? Um, really, Max Holloway stepping his game way up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, you know, if Frankie Edgar realized he stole Coach Watson's soul or if Max Holloway uh, just really, really – improved himself by leaps and bounds. Um, but that was a super impressive performance and uh, something completely unexpected for me. I didn't think, I thought it was going to be a competitive back-and-forth barn burner of a fight. It was entertaining as hell, but Holloway put on a clinic. I actually expected him to do it. I, I bet on Holloway at a pretty good underdog money. He was my boy, so... <laughs> Uh, I was I was a big fan of Max Holloway. I knew that he that there was a really good chance that he could just completely make Cub Swanson wilt because he just throws so many strikes 
and he just keeps pushing forward and keeps pushing the pace, and he wears you down. And you know he doesn't have that pure one punch power that Swanton has, but when he's landing like four strikes for every one that Swanton's landing, it's gonna it's gonna add up, and it did. And he ended up uh, doing enough damage. He got that late finish. Uh, not only that, um, he's coming into his prime at the perfect time um, in his career and at the perfect time in his development as, a, as a, an athlete. Um, 23 years old. He's mm-hmm. only going to get stronger for the next couple of years. Um, he's got five years in professional mixed martial arts. Um, so he's peaking at the perfect moment. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he does. Yeah, I completely agree. There's a lot of things to get excited for with uh, Max Holloway. The only problem here is, what in the world do you do with him next? Because you got Conor McGregor fighting Jose Aldo in July, and then you have Frankie Edgar fighting Uriah Faber, and then you have Chad Mendez, and those are like the only people that have won fights that are going to be ahead of him in the rankings, probably. Uh, the only... There are two fights that I've I've heard Bandu about. Um, there's uh, Ricardo Lamas um, as an opportunity. I know he's coming off of a of a loss, but that's still you know I, I usually don't like pairing winners with losers, but that's mm-hmm. still enough of an interesting fight for me. Um, it'll really highlight any holes that Max Holloway has, any mistakes that he makes, because um, Lamas is just so good at capitalizing on tiny little errors in finishing with them, um, or, or Mendy's. Um, that would be just an amazing fight, although I don't like how Holloway matches up against Mendy's. Yeah, uh, there's, there's... Did you say Charles Oliveira? I did not. Okay, that's one that, that is kind of interesting to me. So, I'm consider I like... If they can't find anything, I really don't want to throw Holloway in there against Mendez. I think that's a little too much too soon for him. But I think Charles Oliveira would be a really nice type of fight that would, at, right at the level that he's at right now. Because Swanson was around number six in the world. Oliveira's probably like eight or nine. I mean, it would be a slight step down. But I think that would be like the perfect fight for him to tread water while he waits to see what happens with the division. Because, I mean, he's not ready for a title shot, and I don't think he's ready for Mendez. But anything else is fair game. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree. That'd be a really interesting um, interesting fight for him, although I don't think he would take it. I think it would uh, be too much of a step down for him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think he's, he's floating around the, the top five right now, and um, that's really where he should be. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's the big thing is what do you do with them? So here's my guess for what happens. I think Jose Aldo beats Conor McGregor. Jose Aldo vacates the title, moves up to lightweight. Frankie Edgar beats Uriah Faber, and then Edgar faces Mendez for the new title. And then you can have Holloway face anybody else other than Edgar or Mendez. Yeah, I mean... That would be the I mean, way to go. Um, Edgar, uh, Edgar's definitely going to beat Faber. Like, I, I have no doubt in my mind that he beats Faber. Um, that would be the best thing for the UFC. Yep. All right. Well, there's a lot more uh, fighters to, to talk about. So let's talk about 
Luke Rockhold, guy absolutely obliterates Leono Machida early in the second round via via submission. I mean, that was about as dominant as you can look. Basically, I thought that Machida was just going to piece him up on the feet because he's so good with counters and so quick and so tough to hit. But he makes one mistake, like makes one slip, and Rockhold jumps on him. And Rockhold's ground game was so much better than Machida's. And he just punished Machida for about three and a half minutes on the ground and then almost knocks him clean out right at the end of the first round, and Machida never recovered. He was It looked like he was moving in quicksand to start the second round. He was so slow, and Rockhold just completely destroyed him after that. So, I mean, it was a very dominant performance, and even though Jacare destroyed Chris Camozzi very quickly, I mean, that doesn't hold a candle to... Uh, doesn't hold a candle to Rockhold crushing Machida like that, because Machida was like the number two guy in the division. And um, what it may be is it may be the signal of uh, for the decline of Leota Machida. Um, mm-hmm. In the past couple of fights, he hasn't been exploding in and out on strikes like he, like he well, used to. He with did with sports. Galloway. Yeah, but that's pretty that's much Dalloway. it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Dalloway, um, and he's just the most punchable human being on the planet, so I, I think Lyoto couldn't stop himself. Um, but, you know, Lyoto is coming up on, on the tail end of his career. Um, going down a weight class at a, at a higher age isn't usually the way it works. Um, uh, and Lyoto's always struggled with people who are, you know, very, very large, able to muscle him. Um, Part of the reason he lost to John Jones. And Luke Rockhold is a big motherfucker. I mean, he is a big dude. He would have been a a big, light heavyweight, you know, five, ten years ago. And now he's just an absolutely gigantic middleweight. And, um, you know, that's what we saw was Leo not being able to handle the size and um, and being soundly outstruck, which blew me away. Yeah. Pretty wild. Now, I think it's pretty much a given that Rockhold's going to face the winner of Weidman versus Vitor. And whoever wins the Weidman-Vitor fight is actually a great fight for Rockhold like that you can sell because, obviously, Weidman-Rockhold would be great. They can do, you know, just two really incredibly talented American middleweights battling it out. Or if Vitor actually does beat Rockhold, uh, Weidman, then you can do the Rockhold-Vitor rematch. So... Uh, I think it, it set up perfectly for for Rockhold to basically leap over Jacare and and take the title shot from him, because even though Jacare murdered Chris Camozzi, you know verbal submission, you know another yeah. verbal submission, even though he did that, it was Chris Camozzi, a guy that he already beat in the first round by submission, so it just yeah it's just not nearly as good, and I think uh, Rockhold. Just with how dominant he was, it was it was a, a star-making type of performance. So, all right. We expect Rockhold to, to take that leap now. Let's talk about Paige Van Zandt. I think a, a lot of people were not sure if she was ready to take on a vet like Felice Herrig, and she put it on Herrig. Like, Herrig started kind of strong, maybe the first two, two and a half minutes, and then Van Zandt just wore her out. And then I think she threw, like, 150, 200 punches in that fight. Like, she is just a little energizer bunny. And she's fun to watch. 
I, I know going into the third round, it was something like um, 96 landed strikes to um, to Herrig's like 29, some you mm. know three to one margin type number, and um, that just pigs, you know, really really putting on a, a clinic in cardio and just going at it. Um, part of that, the camp she's in, she's at Team Alpha Male, um, and part of it just how young she is. You know, she's uh, 21 years old, as Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg said 9,000 times last night, um, and she's coming into her, her, her peak, you know, athletically, and she's able to just cardio the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, because the lighter weight you go, usually... Uh, cardio is less and less of a concern, but Paige Van Zandt pushes such an incredibly high pace that she makes everybody tired. I mean, it worked against Caitlin Kern in her debut because Kern was getting a bunch of takedowns, landing in top position, and Van Zandt just kept going and going and going, and then she just wore her down and then gets a TKO in the third round. And she almost TKO'd uh, Felice a couple times. I mean, she just was pummeling her. She battered Felice's face. Felice's face was a mess. By the time that fight was over, and it wasn't it wasn't really that Paige was, you know, necessarily landing big shots. She was yeah, they weren't landing, big. She doesn't have a lot of just, power. Yeah, it was kind of like death by a thousand paper cuts. I mean, yep. she just kept landing these small shots and um, didn't ever stop. I mean, unless she was defending a takedown, she was hitting Felice Herrick. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that, that people seem to not be mentioning is she's made a couple of tactical errors against Felice. Um, the head and arm throw, um, I don't know what it is about, about you know, Ronda Rousey, um, but everybody seems to think it's a good idea to hit that. People need to realize they're not Ronda Rousey. Um, she got her back taken once from that, and then mm-hmm. almost three more times. Yeah. Um, um, for attempting that head and arm throw. It's not really a good idea um, in MMA because someone can just hop to back. Um, They're not worried about getting thrown once they have your back. Um, And there were a couple of scrambles where where Paige um, made a terrible tactical decision and then kind of compensated with it by um, sweeping Felice anyways. Um, I believe it was in the beginning of the second round. Um, She kind of tripped Felice, but Felice landed on top, and I immediately went, wow, that was a terrible, oh, she swept her anyways. So, um, you know, there are some really glaring holes in uh, Paige's game right now. However, um, you know, we really shouldn't expect anything other than that. She's, you know, so early into her career. Uh, I'm just hoping the UFC doesn't throw in against uh, Joanna. She will get destroyed really fast, and nobody wants to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be an absolute nightmare if they actually threw her in there against Yajacek, because Yajacek is, yeah. Like, right now, you just need to find the right type of fight um, for her. So, And the right type of fight for Paige Van Zandt is to just keep her going somewhere at the bottom of the top ten, keep building her up, keep letting her develop because as fun as she is offensively and as crazy a pace as she sets in fights, she's not elite yet. She doesn't have elite submission skills. She doesn't have 
great power. She doesn't have much technique. She just keeps going and going, and she she wears you down and destroys you. So I think if she steps in there against uh, yet Jacek, I mean, I, she would just get pieced up. I think it would be real rough. So I, I think you you keep letting Paige develop. You keep building her, and uh, slowly keep letting her get to that top vision. There is no rush. She is 21 years old. There are a lot of holes in her defense right now with grappling, with her takedown defense, with her striking defense. And uh, I think, you know, given time, she could be really good. But uh, just keep, yeah, pump the brakes. I would be uh, so who, sad who, if who they threw think, her in. Who do you think is uh, next for, uh, for Paige? <clears throat> for Paige? Um, yeah. Hang on. I would put Paige against somebody like, let me see, uh, Juliana Lima. I think that would be a fair fight. Or Heather Clark, who just who had a win. Or maybe uh, the winner of uh, Ashling Daly, Random Marcos. Something like that. Like You do I, not I throw thinking, her in there against a monster yet. I was thinking uh, the winner of Angela Hill versus uh, Tisha Torres would be um, a, uh, a good fight. I don't know, because um, Tisha Torres already destroyed her. Like, absolutely crushed Paige. That's her lone loss, and she got the absolute crap kicked out of her for three rounds. Like, she just was not ready for that level of striking yet. So, I don't know. I I don't think that would be very good. Well, she changed camp since then. Um, Yeah, but still, I think think Tisha Torres would do the exact same thing again. (laughs) Because Paige really is not very good at open space. And she could no, not. No, I agree. She is very it. much a clinch fighter. That's, that's right why now. I, I want to. I want to see her like somebody like that wants to go close the distance. So that's that's why I threw out all those names that I did. So. Okay, I the one fight I re- I okay, really wanted to talk about was um, I was really uh, really excited to talk about uh, Jacare versus Tom Ozzy. Mhm. Um, I I know you. Um, you guys on uh, on odds breakers break down you know the bets and everything, and pretty much the only advice I saw anyone give out about Kamozi is no, don't put anything on that fight. Um, but I came very close to putting ten dollars on uh, Kamozi winning by KO in round one because it would have paid out thirty thousand dollars. Mhm. <laughs> yeah, that'd have been a huge waste of money. Yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't do it. But I would have felt like such an asshole had Kamozi won with a sweet KO. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Um. What else? Oh, let's let's talk about uh, some a couple things that happened on the preliminary card. We had a couple pretty surpri- good surprises. Um, Gian Vellante scored a pretty crazy knockout of Corey Anderson. You know, a lot of people were hyping up Anderson as one of the next big things. And uh, Volante puts him out in the third round after landing a whole bunch of leg kicks earlier in the fight. I was uh, a bit impressed that uh, Volante got a little bit better with his cardio issues. Um, so, you know, what did you think of that one? Did you Were you surprised? Uh, yeah, I was very surprised by that fight. I thought Beast in 25-8 was going to really put it on Gian. Um, 
You know, however, one of the things Corey Anderson said, um, I, I believe earlier today, he tweeted out that one of the earliest punches that landed from Gian actually broke his teeth out of his out of his jaw. Like all his teeth were out, and he had to hold them in his mouth with his tongue. So, um, you know, you saw a whole lot of, um, you know, nothing from from Corey Anderson. You know, and I think that plays a part in it. Yeah, it definitely could have. Um, and, yeah, I was just really surprised. I don't know if you knew about this, but it looked like uh, they, they checked the judges' scorecards, and Anderson was up two rounds to nothing on one judge, and it was tied one-to-one on the other. So he could have been on his way to winning a decision until he got knocked out with 40 seconds left. <laughs> so that's pretty yeah, wild. Yeah, one of one of the judges in um, New Jersey, and I honestly have no idea which one it is, um, does not like um, Sarah Longo. Like, really hates that camp. Um, yeah. And pretty much every fight... Um, oh, that's every, Doug Crosby. That was from, like, a week ago. Oh, he wasn't. He okay. wasn't there for this one. Had nothing to do sure with this. Sure about that? Yeah. Doug Crosby did not judge for this last event. Because th- th- that controversy came because of the Masvidal Iaquinta fight, and yeah. Crosby had it thirty twenty seven for Masvidal, which I actually didn't even mind. I thought you could score at thirty twenty seven Masvidal, because I thought Masvidal won that fight, and we had that big debate about it. But Doug Crosby was the the judge in that fight. Um, uh, another thing I need to talk about with Gian is the fact that you know when the crowd was cheering him, you know he, he turns around and he goes, "You guys cheering me?" which I thought was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about one last uh, interesting prospect from that undercard um, before we get ready to, to call John McDessie. We had Aljamain Sterling take on Takeya Mitsugaki. This was a huge test for Sterling. Uh, obviously, Mitsugaki was ranked, I think, the number six bantamweight in the planet, Sterling was unranked, although I have him. I, heading into that fight, I already had Sterling like number 10 on my UFC rankings for the, the official ones. And I was just like, screw screw that he hasn't faced a lot of elite guys. This guy is legit as fuck. And he proved it, man. He took the fight to Mitsugaki. Mitsugaki couldn't get anything going. And then he finishes Mitsugaki in the third round with a arm triangle from bottom. They gave up position to go for an arm triangle from bottom. I thought that was super impressive. Yeah, uh, the last time we saw an arm triangle from the bottom was Chuck Liddell versus um, Gumby. I can't remember his name now. Jeremy Horn. Um, Jeremy Horn. And, um, you know, that was prior to Zufa at all. So modern UFC, um, that never happened. Um Sarah Longo is just, you know, you take a wrestler, you shake him up, and you throw him into Sarah Longo, they're coming out the other side amazing. Yeah, it really was. And they've done some really good work with him. So I, I was very impressed with his development. Uh, I think I think Sterling seriously has an opportunity, like give him a year or two, maybe – Next year, late next year, this guy could be fighting for the title. Yeah, no, I agree with that. 100%. Uh, you know, Sterling is going to be top five 100%. Um, 
I think he's he's going to uh, he's going to get a title shot. I don't know if he's gonna you know get the title. Just that, that those overweight classes are just such shark tanks. But um, you know he's got some real potential. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited about all this. So. I think, uh, what do you do with Sterling? I mean, he just destroyed Mitsugaki. And let me check. The UFC had him ranked at all. So, one second. He was not. He was completely unranked. And he crushes the number six Mitsugaki. And he was a big betting favorite against Mitsugaki, too. He was, like, I think over one against the number six guy in the world. So, I mean, he's immediately, in my opinion, I put him all the way up to, like, number six in the world. Um, what do you do with them? Do you throw them in there against uh, a vet? Do you uh, keep building him up, or do you just let him mix it up with a, a top ten guy, another top ten guy? Um, you know, uh, yeah, give him someone um, top five. Mizugaki was ranked sixth when he took him out. Give him someone yeah. top top five. Um, well, let's you see. Know. Faber Faber's busy. Cruz is hurt. Michael McDonald already had a fight, I think, announced, or he's coming back, coming off of a loss, I think. And his son's house hurt, and Barrow's fighting Dillashaw, so it's a little tricky. Yeah, I mean, you're right Maybe about that. Maybe Johnny Eduardo. <laughs> like Johnny Eduardo's um, only up because he knocked out Eddie Wineland, though. So I don't know. Like, and almost everybody else is coming off of losses. I don't have half of these guys even ranked. You got Brian Caraway, who lost to a Sunsau. Eddie Wineland got knocked out by Eduardo, hasn't fought since. Yuri Alcantara just lost to Frankie Sainz, hasn't fought since. I don't think Francisco Rivera won his last fight. So it's a, a weird situation. Like, I think the UFC Bantamweight rankings are way off. Like, mine are completely different. If you go to the UFC.com and, and choose me, my rankings are all way different. I, I, I don't have Francisco Rivera ranked. I don't have... Uh, like Alex Desteris ranked. I don't have. I don't even know if I have Eddie Wineland ranked. Like after you know getting destroyed in his last two fights. So uh, you have him at eight. Oh, I have Wineland ranked at eight. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I, I I assume you're gonna be fixing that now that you uh, got you on. With I don't know. <laughs> like. And honestly, Wineland and Eduardo should probably both be dropped a little bit. So, yeah, and I I have a lot of prospects in mind. So I have Pedro Munoz ranked. I have Cody Garbrandt. They're not in either of the UFC ones. Oh, and I found so, something um, funny. I, uh, light heavyweight. Yeah, light heavyweight. If you look at mine, there's two guys that I had ranked at light heavyweight that aren't allowed to be ranked anymore. Oh, I yeah, had, uh, 10, a, a blank. <laughs> yeah, I had Phil Davis and Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they pulled Rampage from the rankings because of the Bellator won the injunction. You can't rank him anymore either. So I had to debut Fabio Maldonado and somebody else. I think John Vellante. No, no. I, I think I debuted John Vellante. Should have put Krylov up there, man. Krylov. I can't Krylov do it, man. <laughs> He's going to have to win like eight more fights in a row before I rank Krylov. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Um, hmm. What else can we talk about that'll kill two minutes before I call McDessie? Well, um, uh, Benio Darius defeating Jim Miller and absolutely dominating, mm-hmm. um, except for a few tight spots he was in. Uh, he absolutely dominated Jim Miller. Um, and um, Darius is just showing all sorts of upside. Um, coming out of, I believe he trains out of um, Kings MMA now. And yep. um, really, absolutely, you know, way, way, way better than he was, um, you know, when he was getting knocked out by Ramsey uh, Nijum, who I don't yeah. even think he's in the UFC anymore. No, Ramsey is. Uh, he okay. just hasn't fought since he got knocked out by Carlos Diego Ferreira. So, um, yeah, he's got tons of upside. Um, just absolutely masterful on the ground. And um, Kings MMA, you know, is putting out lots and lots of good people. Um, <coughs> they really came out the past two or so years as an, a force of a camp. They now have two champs. Yes, they do. They have um, Wadoom and um, light heavy, the lightweight champ. Go ahead. Yeah, Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, I, my brain kept saying Dos Nachos. I don't know why. Dos Nachos. Dos Nachos. So, yeah, they're, that's definitely a gym that's just all about turning really good grapplers into great strikers. That's what they did with Dos Anjos, Darius, and Verdum. So, I'm, and, I'm very um, impressed. Part of it is just the sheer aggression Cordero um, brings out in his fighters. Um, I've I've talked to people who've trained there and um, who actually have done game plans with uh, Kings, and it's really, they train for aggression. It's part of their plan is to come forward and just be mean to you the whole time. All right, I'm going to go get... Uh, John McDessie on the line. So while I'm doing that, um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that happened on those prelims that was worth talking about? Well, Oban St. Peru finished Patrick Cummins. Oh, yeah, yeah, Pat Cummins. Yeah, Oban St. Peru becoming a a force in the light heavyweight division after knocking out uh, Shogun. He enters this fight against Pat Cummins as an underdog and then knocks him out. So, yeah, definitely talk about that, because that was impressive to me, too, uh, the development in Open St. Prue's game. So uh, the floor is yours. I'm going to go get John McDessie. Hopefully he answers his phone, and uh, I'll be right back. Well, uh, as we were talking about just a minute ago, um, OSP is really uh, starting to impress. Um, you know, just a phenomenal athlete. Obviously came from football. Um, can't really be a bad athlete in uh, in college football. Um, you know, he knocked out Pat Cummings, which isn't necessarily an achievement. However, he did it while stuffing takedowns, and stopping Patrick Cummings' takedowns is not uh, an easy thing to do. Um, part of the reason he, he's, um, you know, becoming such a force in light heavyweight is kind of a shallow division right now. A lot of people move down to middleweight. Um, but the, um, the knockout he landed on Cummings was very, very reminiscent of uh, Mark Hunt versus uh, Chris Trucero a couple of years ago when uh, Mark Hunt landed that vicious uppercut 
um, and and put Tuchera out and walked away, um, which honestly, um, you know, OSP probably could have landed maybe one more shot um, and just walked off. All right, Highlight. We are ready to go with our first guest for the evening. Yep. He is competing this Saturday night on the main card of UFC 186 against UFC newcomer Shane Campbell. Uh, John McDessie, welcome back to the Verbal Submission, man. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Oh, it's an honor to have you. And uh, how good does it feel to be competing in the UFC again? It's been a while. I mean, the last time we saw you was over a year ago, February 1st at UFC 169. So a full 17 UFC events since uh, the last one, like a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, no, I, I'm uh, very excited, looking forward to the event. It's going to be a, a, a big event, especially uh, it's been a while that it was uh, that UFC came down to Montreal. And, uh, yeah, just, just uh, you know, ha- having your off, uh, a lot of time to reflect and just kind of restructure my, my personal life and my and my uh, professional life, you know what I mean? Uh, and you know I'm I'm in a happy state of mind, and uh, you know at the end of the day, uh, you know what I mean, doing martial arts, doing uh, you, you know doing a, a sport like mixed martial arts, and being in the UFC, and, and you know fighting the being in, in a sport where it's probably one of the hardest sports in the world. Uh, you know it, it kind of teaches you a lot about yourself, you know. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it, and uh, I'm looking forward for uh, Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Sorry. I've got a... Uh, sorry. No problem. Wow. I got a huge pop-up that was, like, affecting me. I don't know if you heard that or not. Oh, my goodness. No, no, <laughs> that was... some text. Okay. From, uh, it was, like, really problem. annoying pop-up on my computer. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, anyway... Um, Back to business. You mentioned that you had to sort some things out with your personal life. Was that one of the reasons that you had this uh, pretty long delay in between uh, getting the opportunities to fight in the octagon? Well, you know what? It, it was it was a multiple of things. You know? I mean, it was a combination of, of stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it was just more like, you know, instead of uh, training and uh, training consistently, fighting, you know what I mean? It, cutting weight, it takes a lot of energy, you know what I mean? There's a lot of time a lot of time consuming, you know what I mean, and to, to be, to, you know, I, I always wanted to accomplish high level, you know, in, in everything I do, and and uh, being this type of, uh, being this, in this type of uh, sport, I always wanted to, to be the best I can be, and uh, I just didn't want to compete in, in, a, in, a, in a bad state of mind, you know what I mean, I was, sometimes, you know, you kind of forget uh, who you are, you know what I mean, always, uh, you, you get caught up with all the wrong stuff, and just... You know, I, I just I took care of some stuff. You know, what I mean, like for one thing, my eye was always bothering me since a young kid. I had a strabismus, uh, the eye surgery. You know, I got that done. I fixed my eye and uh, just, uh, you know, I wanted to surround myself with passionate people. You know, I, I just kind of re- reinvent myself and just kind of fall in love back to the sport. You know, I kind of lost love for the sport and, and I didn't want to go into the cage not happy. You know, what I mean, because at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's a uh, you know, it's a very risky business I do, and and I want to make sure that I'm uh, I'm on top of my game. Mm-hmm. And was it also really frustrating losing a fight that a very large majority of people thought that you had won against Alan Patrick? Well, you know, there's a lot of things. You know, I mean, uh, first, first, I I just truly believe that 
you know, the, I have no respect for guys who, who cut a lot of weight, guys who, who are, are bigger, try to come down to a lighter weight just so they can have a size advantage or, or, or whatever whatever they, they whatever advantage they have. You know what I mean? Just that, just that alone, is I find that me being able to go in the, in the lightweight division, being the smaller guy, most of the time I'm always fighting guys who are much bigger than me, and being to dominate, control the cage, you know, be the aggressor. You know what I mean? If, if you look, if you pay attention to my fights, I'm always the aggressor. I'm always the one who, who's in, in the in the pocket exchanging and, and landing more shots and being more accurate. You know, unfortunately, the the MMA judging, I find that it still has to evolve and kind of the, the, the judges need to be educated because I, I truly believe that, uh, you know, many fights, not only, not, including, not only including myself, but many fights that... A lot of fights, a lot of fighters got robbed and, and not really understanding the sport, you know what I mean? But that being said, you know, it's a learning experience. I, 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 I'm a much mature fighter, more mentally and physically ready, and I've never been so hungry for a fight in my life. Oh, I can believe it. So let's go back to April 1st. You know, that's a holiday where people play pranks on each other. There's all kinds of fake news stories. You find it gets released that... Uh, your opponent, Abel Trujillo, is pulled out of his fight on April 1st. Did you think it was a joke at first, or did you find out before April 1st? Well, I, I actually found out before April 1st, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, me, me, the biggest the biggest worry was, was you know, uh, you know, I will, like I said, I want to fight the best so I can to prove to myself and to prove to the to the UFC that, that I want to be a top, top 10 contention and I want to get to the title contention. And fighting a guy like... Abel, he is a top competitor, and uh, you know I was very, I was very excited to to showcase my skills versus his skills, and uh, you know what I mean. And but but also uh, you know I'm very, you know I'm very lucky because I got scared in a sense of I was I was worried that they will cut me off from the from the card completely. But I was there, you know what I mean. But now they they gave me a replacement, and uh, you know Shane Campbell is, is a is a tough dude, you know what I mean. He's a Muay Thai champion, and and. Uh, uh, I, and I'm not taking him. I'm not taking him lightly. And uh, I know it's going to be an exciting fight. You know, what I mean, he's going to bring the fight to me. And I, I find that guys who bring the fight to me, I find that it brings out the best out of me. Oh, I completely agree. And are you excited that you know this fight's still being featured on the main card? Uh, you know, I, I think of what a lot of people when they lose an opponent, they're worried that you know they're going to lose their position. But you're still being featured right on the pay per view. You know what? Um, um, at the end of the day, for me, I was that was never that was never my worry in a sense of you know that's out of my control. That, but you know, I truly believe that I, I put up good, exciting fights in the past, and you know, what I mean, I mean, it's common sense that the UFC should put me on the on the main card because uh, I truly believe that I, I earned that, that that spot in the sense of you know showing the fans excitement and, and, and showcasing my skills. Mm-hmm. And that's very interesting to me is I don't know if it's official but when we're looking up the fight it's saying that it's a catchweight fight at 160 pounds so is that what's actually happening uh, and it's not at lightweight yeah yeah yes yes that's exactly what's happening I, when my when when my uh when my when I when I spoke to my manager my, he he reps me my representative Hector Castro he helps me out mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, I told him, I said, even if tell the UFC, even if I have to do a catchweight, I'll, I'll fight whoever they give me. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know, I, I didn't want to lose the opportunity to fight in Montreal, so, so, th- so that was the agreement. You know what I mean? At, at a catchweight. So, is this actually like 
a bit of a nice little bonus for you because Shane normally does fight at lightweight, so it's not like you're fighting a guy that's just going to be completely monstrous, and you just don't have to cut an extra five pounds. So that that must actually be pretty nice. Well, you know what? It's funny because this this diet uh, I was following. Uh, I started uh, my diet and, and you know eating properly. You know, cutting the weight over two months now. So. Uh, I'll, I'm 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 at a, I'm on track. Uh, you know I'm I'm doing what I, what I usually do. You know I mean nothing changes. Uh, you know regardless of it's 160 155. I mean I'm I'm in the best shape of my life and uh, I mean I'm not really you know at the end of the day of course you know cutting those uh, you know not 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 have to cutting those five extra pounds. I mean of course it makes a big difference. I mean already cutting weight is, is, is very tough mentally and it takes uh, it takes a lot out of you. You know so. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm taking this fight, uh, you know, day by day, and, and uh, you know, just can't wait to, to uh, get in there. Oh, definitely. Now, uh, a question here from co-host. He wants to know, since Shane also has a background in kickboxing, have you ever crossed paths with him before? Uh, since he's also a Canadian kickboxer, did you ever uh, cross paths on the, the the kickboxing circuit in Canada? No, I never. I'd be honest, I never heard of him before. Uh, I never heard oh, of him okay. before. I, uh, I never heard of him before. But he was more of a Muay Thai fighter. I was uh, more yeah. the. I, I was the American kickboxer. It was two different mm-hmm. styles. It's a two, the two different backgrounds. You know what I mean? And I was. Uh, I was. Uh, that was my amateur days, and he he he, uh, he did professional Thai fight, Muay Thai fight. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you hadn't heard of him before when he signed the contract, but I mean, you you train at a good gym. Uh, I know you do your homework, so. He has competed in a couple pretty big promotions that were televised. Uh, he competed with MFC twice and uh, at World Series of Fighting most recently. So did you get a chance to, to watch him compete? What do you think about his striking ability? Yeah, of course. Like I said, uh, yeah, I studied, I studied, I studied my, uh, you know, I studied him, watched his footages, you know, and uh, and like I said, this is why I find that it's going to be the exciting fight because he's a type of fighter where he's not going to try to play the point game. He's not gonna try to r- r- run around for five minutes. He's gonna bring the fight to me, you know, and that's what exactly what was what, what gonna make an exciting fight. Two guys going there to dance, you know. What I mean, it, it takes two to dance, you know. What I mean, and uh, and I truly believe he's gonna bring out the best out of me, and I'm gonna bring out the best out of him. And this is why I truly believe it's gonna be a, a fan favorite fight. Do you think this could be even uh, a more difficult opponent than Abel Trujillo? Because Abel is crazy aggressive and very powerful and dangerous. But, you know, he doesn't have a great conditioning. So, you know, this guy might even be uh, a little bit of a tougher striking test. Uh, you know what? Um, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, this guy, you know, my conditioning has is, is, is never been uh, never been this way. You know what I mean? I've been at a year, like I said, I've had over a year to, to, to better myself, to, to get to develop my skills and, and to master the, the the mixed martial art. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a mixed martial artist and... and uh, at the end of the day, you know what I mean, doesn't really bother me about what uh, what he's gonna do. I focus on what I'm gonna do. You know what I mean? I, I believe in my trainings. I, I worked with Muay Thai champions in TriStar Gym. You know, I, I had so many great guys to to mimic his style. You know, I, I he's not the first guy I fought who's a Thai Thai fighter. You know, and but he's the first. But it's gonna be the first time he, he fought a guy like me because because of my unpredictability, because of my my past. You know what I mean? The, there's not too many fighters out there who did, who did, who competed in taekwondo, who competed in karate, kickboxing. You know, all these variations of, of of disciplines that that I did throughout my whole life. 
you know, there's a reason why I'm a mixed martial artist, you know what I mean? And and and, and uh, I truly believe that Saturday night people are gonna see uh, people are gonna see something that they never seen before. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Now, uh, another thing I, I definitely want to touch on was you mentioned you had that that surgery with your eyes. Was that something that you know was affecting your performance in the cage, or was this just you know something that you just felt you needed to do? You know, it's you know what it's psychological for me. For 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 me, it was, everything's always been psychological. You know, I mean, uh, for me, it's all mental. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was just more of a you know bothered me because of that the eye and the double vision, you know, and all that stuff. You know, what I mean, so it, I mean, did it affect my fighting? I mean, I, I you know, I, like I said, I grew up with it. I adapted to it, you know. But it was one of those things where, like, I told myself, you know, if, if it's always gonna be back in my head, you know, l- let me just get it done, especially take the opportunity to, to take time and, and get get some things done and restructure my life and, and get back to that to to get back to that positive state of mind and and to kind of like I, you know like I said before to really start enjoying what I do because of because uh, you know I mean uh, training and fighting all your life it, it can get to you you know what I mean because a lot of people don't know I have, I have a history of my amateur career is, is huge you know what I mean I started competing mm-hmm. at the age of six I started competing at the age of six you know what I mean I have endless I have so many medals and you know, changing sports, changing uh, martial arts. You know, always, always restructuring and always finding new trainers. You know, never having that, 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 that always switching trainers. And, and you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know goes behind the scenes. You know, it's not easy. Oh, I completely believe it. And and now that you you know corrected some of those eye issues, are you feeling better with your striking? Or you know, is is everything just coming out a little crisper, less hesitation? You know, is there anything that you've noticed physically different too? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, m- mentally, I'm, I'm more confident. You know what I mean? In the sense of, I don't have to always think about my think about my eye. You know what I mean? And uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I I switch it up in sparring sessions. In, in practice, I I switch to southpaws and you know, trying out different stuff now because of my eye vision is better, more it's corrected because of uh, you know, I mean, uh, I'm very fortunate. I'm one of the best doctors in Montreal to 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 fix my eye and and. Uh, you know what I mean? It's been it's like day and night for me, you know, and, and, and I'm excited because uh, you know I can I can train better, you know, mentally. I don't have to always focus on my eye and think about the negative stuff all the time, you know. Now I can focus on the positive and just really, really, uh, you know, let 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 loose in the gym and, and kind of uh, you know feel good. And, and, and uh, you know, I work very hard and and uh, I truly believe Saturday night, you know, it's gonna come up. Oh, it definitely sounds like it. Now, when you're training over at TriStar, who is it in that gym that gives you, you know, your toughest sparring sessions? Like when you're really looking to to sharpen yourself up, who who is the guy that you have to go work with? You talking about sparring partners? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sparring partners. I mean, I got man, there's endless amount of people. You know, every, every the, the the thing about us in TriStar is that see what makes the see. It's not really. I mean. Uh, it's not a secret, but the 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 the, the thing is we have in Tricer is that, that different variations, the diversity of bodies. You know, mm-hmm. you got boxers, you got tie fighters, you got wrestlers, you got mixed martial arts, you got so many endless amount of sparring partners. You know, what I mean, you, you step into the ring or to, or to the cage, you know, you, you're fighting a guy who's a champion in something. You know, somebody's always a champion in something. You know, uh, so so I mean, 
that, that, that's the secret is, is we, we switch up sparring partners consistently. You know, every week there's a new body coming at me. You know, every week there's a, a, new, a new look. You know, I, I got so many different looks in the gym. You know what I mean? So there's, I'm not worried about... I'm not worried about when Saturday night comes because I see so many I, I I see so many different outlooks of fighters, you know, so many different styles that I had to adapt and had to adapt and adjust. You know what I mean? So, so that's the great thing about Saturday. You know what I mean? And is there a particular sparring partner? I mean, not really. Just so many, so many guys, so many guys I spar with. Okay. Now, uh, I guess one of my uh, last things here is: is there anything that you've done? Uh, specifically with your training to to make sure that you come out and come up to a, a strong start because you've never really had quite this long of a layoff between fights before. So, you know, are you working on anything to make sure you don't come out rusty? No, I mean, I don't, I don't really believe in that stuff, you know. At the end of the day, training is the reason why we train hard. It's the reason why I do endless hours of practice at the gym is because when I go out there, it comes out automatic. Uh, I tried to be very fortunate, you know, George St. Pierre, he, he brought us a, a UFC official cage, you know, so we got, a, we got a cage in the gym, you know, that looks exactly like the UFC cage, and, and you know, I've been training endlessly in that cage, you know, and it, it's going to be, a, you know, a cage is a cage, and, uh, you know, a fight is a fight, and uh, it's not going to be my first time getting into that cage, you know, so having a cage and being surrounded by the best trainers, you know, it, it's going to help me perform better. Oh, excellent, excellent. All right. Um, okay, uh, I guess one of my last questions I have for you, John, is a pretty simple one, but you've just been chomping at the bit to go out there and get this fight over with just because it's been you know so long. But when you're visualizing success this weekend... You know, what are you picturing in your head? I'm just picturing, you know, performing at my best. You know, that that for me that was the ultimate goal is to kind of being comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, being in that cage and not letting my nerves get to me, you know, and kind of just trusting myself, trusting my instincts and, and, and trusting my skills, you know. And for me that's that's a win right there. To be able to go out there and release the emergency break mentally and, and kind of just let go and, and, and let and let and focus on my performance and, and let my skills take over. For me, that's my victory. Oh, wonderful! And uh, last thing before I let you go, did you have any uh, shout-outs, trainers, sponsors, anybody that's helped you along the way in this uh, time off that you've had? Uh, the floor is yours, John. Yes, thank you. Well, I, f- I want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to to speak my mind and. Uh, you can guys follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at, at John McDessy MMA, at John the Bull McDessy. And uh, I just want you know I want to thank my older brother David McDessy for all the support. Uh, I want to thank Hector Castro, Tristar Jim, uh, all the guys who, who who helped me prepare for the fight, my training partners, and all my all, everybody who's you know all my sponsors, uh, you know everybody that supported me. And uh, you know just want to thank all my two fans and everybody, and I love you guys. All right, well. Thank you so much for stopping by the show, John, and best of luck this Saturday night against Shane Campbell. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. Thank you very much. All right. You have a terrific rest of your night. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. That was John the Bull McDessie stopping by the verbal submission, talking about his upcoming fight, what he's been up to in this last uh, little over year and two months. 
since he competed. So, uh, Richard, I think we have our next guest on the line right now. So I'm going to pull her into the screening room just to double check. And uh, while I'm doing that, I guess you can just talk about uh, our well, – you can just talk about – uh, our last guest and what you thought of uh, the McDessie interview. Um, well, um, uh, McDessie's always a interesting, uh, interesting fighter to watch, and um, I always love hearing things about what Faraz Sahabi is doing up at TriStar. Um, really phenomenal camp. It's been a phenomenal camp for years and years, um, and you know it, it's good to hear. Um, you know, that he's getting lots and lots of different looks from different fighters. Um, and, um, you know, one thing you hear a lot from um, when TriStar fighters, you, you don't hear a whole lot about game plans. Um, that's not because one isn't there. It's just it tends to be brought across through the training um, rather than, you know, explicitly we're going to do X, we're going to do Y, and then, you know, Z is going to happen. Um which works great, you know. They had multiple champions and, um, you know, multiple, many time over uh, contenders. All right, uh, Richard, I think we have our next guest ready to go for the show if you're ready. You with me? Richard? Hello? No, I'm, I'm here. I'm sorry. I dropped a mute. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, with that out of the way, we are extremely excited for an opportunity to speak with Olivia Hinato Souza, who is stopping by the verbal submission. She is competing this Friday at Invicta FC 12 in the main event, taking on champion Katya Konkampa. Olivia, welcome to the verbal submission. Thanks. Good night for all. I'm very happy for the opportunity. Oh, it's an absolute honor to get to speak to you, Olivia. Uh, first things first, um, you know, how excited are you to not just be making your Invicta debut, but to be fighting for the title in your first Invicta fight? Well, I'm very, very happy for this title shot in my first fight in America. I'm very happy. And I only Hello guys. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you had I thought you had something else. <laughs> um okay. Uh well, I guess a, a couple things I definitely wanted to talk to you about was uh let's start with uh your nickname. How did you get the Lavinia nickname? Oh, that's because I'm a smaller girl. Mm -hmm. Always, always in training, I'm the small girl. I'm short <laughs> for the, for the size, my weight too, mm -hmm. other components to make me a Livinha. Gotcha. Now, you were born in Argentina, but then moved over to Brazil. So, you know, what was it that brought you to Brazil? Repeat, please. Uh, you were born in Argentina. What was it that brought you, that made you go to Brazil? No, no, it's a mistake. Oh, you... Because oh. in, the, in my first fight on 
my professional career, I go to the weightings with the Argentina shirt because my opponent is Argentine. Mm-hmm. But I but I born in Brazil. Oh, okay. My apologies. Uh, I was reading some scouting reports on you, and they said you were from originally Argentina. So I'll have to tell them they're wrong. <laughs> um, okay. Well, uh, I guess uh, one of the other things I, I definitely want to touch on was, you know, when did you get started training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Because you are very talented with submissions. Well, I started training because uh, for improve my ground skills. Always on my life, I train in judo and uh, compete for the national team of Brazil in the other categories, junior. I started training more for improve my ground skills. Don't have great ambitions to jiu-jitsu, but. But with the time, I started to like the practice and, and always change to with the MMA and all the things happen in my mm-hmm. life in this moment. Oh, excellent, excellent. Now, you, uh, I, I looked at your Facebook page, and you are always posting a lot of uh, motivational quotes. You know, is that just something to? to get you motivated, to, to get you excited, to to keep you going? Yes, I think the motivation and, and the higher point to, to my career. Mm-hmm. Always all my life I compete to, the, to be the champion and uh, now it's a great opportunity on Invicta for all the world knows my, my job knows who I, who I am and I think I should and I the next I will be the next champion, strawweight champion of the Invicta. And do you are did you expect to be fighting for the title in your first fight in Invicta or did you think that you would be, you know, getting a a, a warm up fight in America first? I never agree to this possibility. But uh, mm-hmm. but um, I received the notice by Chris Vander, my manager, and I I can't explain with my words the the happiness mm-hmm. because it's the the big big fight of my life and the my debut on America and I just just a dream but I very conscient to the to this contest for the title shot and um, I like it. Um, I I will fight with never in my my career. I need to show to the American people my my best. Only mm-hmm. only 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 now do you draw any motivation from uh, Herica Tiburcio? Because she made her Invicta debut fighting for the title against Michelle Waterson at a at Adam Weight, and she beat her and became the champion in her first Invicta fight. So, are you hoping to repeat her success? Oh, 
I think in, they are not different things because they have different styles and I'm mm -hmm. not uh, my base myself in other athletes you know and I I never never lost in my career and that different things I I believe in my game and in all my skills and uh, I will win who who is your uh, primary jiu-jitsu coach at your gym? Uh, Vinicius Máximo and Kleber Máximo from Atos Jiu-Jitsu. Ramon Lemos and Dragovon and all, all guys. The, the best jiu-jitsu of the world. <laughs> oh, I believe it after seeing some of your performances. Uh, did they have any problems training uh, girls or was it very easy, uh, you know, working with all the guys? Well, I just train with the guys. Uh, since since kids, I only train with the guys. Girls, mm -hmm. girls. Um, much difficult because I I don't have girls in my city and my my team. Professional professional MMA girls. Oh, understandable. Now, your uh, English is very good, especially because you've never uh, fought in America. So, you know, where where do you learn your English? I train a little bit, and I little nervous for this interview, but uh, <laughs> with the time, I improve my English skills, like uh, my MMA plan. Oh. Uh, well, well, I think you've done a, a really good job. I'm I'm very excited getting to, to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we can uh, spread the word about you uh, through this interview because I I don't think you've done a, an interview with uh, anywhere in America yet, right? Repeat, please. Have you done interviews uh, it, with uh, American journalists yet, or anything? Um, with with that topic. No, but I, I'm very happy to have to have had the first chance to speak directly to American public and uh, American journalists because I think very important my communication and show who I am to to all the people of America. Mm -hmm. I, well, uh, I it, would it's be a... very happy to to improve my my English skills and. Uh, Gave some more fans on my homepage. <laughs> oh, great! Now, uh, do you think that uh, your ground game is much better than uh, Katya Konkinpaz? Because watching Konkinpaz fight, she she had some trouble uh, when she she won the title. I think she lost the first four rounds before uh, the, the late submission. Oh, well, that's uh, hard to ask because I believe it will be a great fight and a great athlete more. But uh, I believe in, in my game. I mm -hmm. think it, I better in the the wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and more more fast on on the combos on my side. In the in the general, I I believe I'm better than her. 
how has uh, your striking grown? Because uh, all the film that we've seen, it's been a lot of really good submission ability and jujitsu. So, how how have you been doing with your training with striking? Until today, no one saw my game standing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe I'm smart in the fight and submit my my opponent faster as as can. But if if I needed strike strike with Katya, I'm preparing and I hope here too because. Uh, be a great fight, and I punch face of her a lot. Now, uh, when you're not training, what what do you like to do with your free time? Do you you know watch TV? Do you play video games? Do you read? Like, what do you like to do when you're not uh, grappling or striking? Well, I'm I watching TV. No, not much MMA because my my profession the boring. Mm-hmm. Watch out MMA in the in the last last weeks and last months I watching uh, many videos from Kat and other girls for improve my my mind of movement and his technique. But in my free time I ride bicycle out with my friends. I'm I'm a normal girl, and mm-hmm. I don't like him a lot. Foot soccer with with uh, the most Brazilian. How come How come you don't like uh, uh, football, soccer? No, I, I don't like. I think <laughs> the the soccer is a great sport from 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 my country, but I I don't like. It's only business, not passion. I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. The most of business is passion, money too, but first passion. Soccer is a great business. Yeah. Now uh, you mentioned that you you do watch TV. Do you ever watch any uh, American TV shows or uh, just Brazilian shows? I'm a great fan of Bear Grylls. Um, <laughs> the most the most shows of Discovery. I I'm a huge fan of Discovery. I like this channel a lot, Warner Channel, Supernatural, uh, Walking Dead. I'm I'm a fiction out of Walking Dead. I'm a huge fan. Well, if if the zombies ever attack, I'm sure that you would be very well prepared. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know which <laughs> shoot with with guns. I really, I really in trouble. You could just armbar the zombies. Wow. Uh, <laughs> very, very, very difficult to to submit a zombie. Like Korean zombie, which is the other. They're very difficult. <laughs> now, uh, a couple last things I wanted to go over. You know, what what would it mean for you to be the Invicta champion? Like. Like, how big of a, a deal would that be for you and your country? Well, um, I think I would be uh, super special because I'm the third athlete of my country 
to be a champion, Chris Borg, Erika Tiburcio. And always, always on my, my training, I I dream with the, the belt. I only take the belt. I I can't lose this fight. Um, the, I'm the best physical form, and I think she she <laughs> does, does uh, lead with my jiu-jitsu, my rest, and my striking. I will be the next throwaway champion for sure. And uh, last but not least, well, what do you think of the the strawweights in the UFC? Do you think that if you go out there and win, that UFC could come calling as well? Because they're always looking for really great uh, strawweight women fighters. Uh, well, they are very talented, but um, but sometimes think think uh. Oh, Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, I guess my my last question I have for you is: when you're thinking about this this Friday, how were you picturing victory in your head when you think about it? Repeat, please. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. How are you visualizing? Success on Friday in your head when you're thinking about winning. I see myself with the belt. All all my friends, my family, very happy for this. And uh, I can I can lose this time. I can lose this time. Mm-hmm. I believe I believe in my game totally. My my best fight. Take a sure it's my best fight in Zen America. The the American fans like a lot this fight and knows me. Well, I'm very excited to get a chance to see you. And uh last thing, do you have any coaches, sponsors that you would like to thank? Yeah, I really, really thank to first Shannon for the opportunity, Julie Kedzi, all my sponsors, Emporio do Corpo, Farmacia Ciencia, Synthesized Nutrition Science, all my coaches, Lucas Cisco from Muay Thai, Vinicius Massimo, my red coach, and Kleber Massimo Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling coach. And thank you for for the talk and all the all American public. I'm coming, guys. I'm coming. I'm a bad mofo. <laughs> well, you were amazing. I, I really was impressed with your English. And thank you so much for giving us a chance to speak with you. Thanks. It's a pleasure. I promise to improve my English the next time. Oh, it was very good. So keep keep going. I'm very excited to, to see you next time. So thank Thanks. you again, yeah. and good luck this week. Thanks. See you guys. See you All right. Next week.
Bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was Livia Hinato Souza giving her first ever interview to uh, an American audience. And uh, what did you think there, Highlight? I was impressed. I was very impressed. Um, her English was very good, and she uh, she seems like she's ready to uh, make an appearance um, in America. Um, you know, we tend to, as MMA fans, not really um, get attached to fighters until they uh, until they start speaking English. So I'm I'm very thrilled to see that uh, you know she spoke English as well as she did. I think she's going to gain a lot of fans by being a Walking Dead fan too. <laughs> I mean, you start talking about arm-barring zombies, that's always a good sign. So that was a lot of fun. I was I was really, really impressed. I think she's going to give uh, Konkinpa a hell of a fight, too, especially if she can get this fight to the ground, because uh, Konkinpa has definitely some flaws there. So, uh, you know, she is a pretty good grappler in her own right, but... If uh, Livia is as good on the ground as I think she is, she could finish this fight. No, oh yeah, 100%. Uh, Tonkinpa is only uh, a purple belt, and, um, you know, she's also a purple belt in um, in uh, in Europe, where, where there's mm-hmm. not as much talent, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the camp. So uh, that could come into real big play in this fight. Yeah. Tonkinpa had uh, quite a bit of trouble. Uh, against Stephanie Egging for almost that entire fight until right at the end. So I really think uh, Souza has a shot here. So I'm excited. All right. Well, is there any last things you want to talk about, Richard, before we call it a night? No, I. That's that's it for me. Okay, wonderful. Anything you want our listeners to check out that you stumbled across this week? Um. No, I'm good. I got nothing. <laughs> You're so boring. I prepare for this every week. Yeah, really. <laughs> I forget about it every single week. Okay. Well, I've got one thing. I, I, actually, oh, I will plug something. All right, Ice there Glenn you go. Vodka. Ice Glen Vodka is really good, and it's probably the reason why I forget that every single week. <laughs> All right. Well, mine's a little more boring, but it is, uh, if you've ever heard of the the trading card game Hearthstone it's uh it's like Magic the Gathering with World of Warcraft cards I mean it's it's for dorks but I love playing it it's a lot of fun uh, I know Brent Brookhouse plays too every once in a while to to blow off some steam so he's I'm not the only MMA person that does it and uh, anyway uh they released their game also on mobile platforms so you can play it on your phone and it's awesome it's a lot of fun you can take it anywhere now, and it's cross-platform, so the mobile people can play the people on the computers uh, if they want to. It's just a, a ton of fun. If Richard, if you ever want to get into it, I will hook you up, uh, but just let me know. But yeah, Hearthstone. I love playing it, and it's a simple game. Games last like five or six minutes tops when you're facing people, so it's just a blast. So you should definitely everybody yeah, check I- it out. And it's free. You you are by far not the um the only MMA writer to to uh, get in the Hearthstone. Uh, Callum Leslie, who's a, a UK writer, left mm-hmm. MMA to go write about Hearthstone tournaments. <laughs> I mean, that's his full time awesome. job now. Yeah. That's awesome. 
All right. Well, that'll do it for me. Um, so huge thank you to our guests today, uh, John McDessie and Livia Hinata Souza. They were both terrific interviews. I was very impressed with both of them, Bo- both uh, very fired up and a bit emotional. So uh, real exciting. And then uh, make sure to tune in. Same time, same place next week, 6.30 p.m., you can follow me on Twitter at Brian Heminger. You can follow Richard on Twitter at High underscore Light. You can follow The Verbal Submission on Twitter at Verbal Submit. Uh, Facebook, we are The Verbal Submission. We are so close to 5,000 uh, likes on Facebook. Maybe you can go be the, the 5,000th person. And, um, yeah, that'll do it. So, uh, for myself and Richard, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Now, uh, what time is it, Richard? It's Kurt Angle time. It is Kurt Angle time, baby.